Welcome to the Brisbane Lions Big Footy Podcast. My name is Keegan Ryan and I'll be joined by Oliver Caffrey. In today's show, we'll be talking about the round one win over the Suns, Tom Lynch versus Harris Andrews, Dane Beams, Chris Fagan's first game as coach, the AFLW Grand Final, and we'll look ahead to this weekend's game against Essendon. Let's get into it. Right, Ollie, welcome to the Big Footy Brisbane Lions podcast. How much better is it going back to work after a big win? Yeah, thanks, Keg. So much better going back to work after a win. Great to get the season off to the best possible start. And you know, I was looking through our previous round one games, and we haven't won since 2012 in the first round when we beat Melbourne in MCG. So it's been a few years, and yeah, it's great to be one and zero going to round two. That's for sure. It was, it was a strange game, wasn't it? Obviously, we had the, the really hot start where, you know, everything we touched sort of turned to gold and then the Suns, after halftime, came storming back into it and all the momentum was with them. It looked like they were going to win. But, yeah, we found our second win wind really late and held on for a two-point win. Yeah, it was just a crazy, crazy game. Nobody was all would come out of the blocks and kick the first seven goals of the game. So mm. it was just the most incredible start and as a fan, it was Um, and talking the other day, I think you made the point that, you know, in the previous in previous years, we probably wouldn't have hung on for a win like that. Like, it was a really character-building win, and it shows, I think, the changing of the tide with the off-the-field administration and leadership-wise. But, um, yeah, it seems like we've turned a bit of a corner. Oh, it's going to give us so much confidence and belief just hanging on to a tight game. Because it would have been pretty devastating to kick the first seven goals of the game, be 47 points up, and then lose that game. Yep. So to hang on. Uh, yeah, we're looking pretty grim in the last four at some stages, and there's a few touchwood free kicks that, um, yeah, didn't go our way and that sort of thing. But yeah, really pleasing to see the guys just battle it out and get the win in the end. Yeah, for sure. And one of the highlights of the game was the matchup between Tom Lynch and Harris Andrews. Um, I think as a fan of Queensland footy, you know, we're going to get to see that over the next. 10 years, twice a year for the next 10 years. It's going to be something to really look forward to, but Saturday night was just brilliant to watch. Oh, so good to watch. And if you want to have a promo for Queensland footy, you just chuck those two guys up and mm. um, just promote them. So they're just really exciting. Harris Andrews, still such a young player. It's only really his third season come in, so he's put in a bit of size over the summer. So he's able to match up with those bigger type forwards now, Tom Lynch. Probably a bit older than Harris, maybe three yeah, or four sure. years older, so mm. he's got a few years on him. But yeah, Harris did a sensational job on him, I think. Tom Lynch kicked three goals in the end, but one of them was a very, uh, it was a shocking free kick in the last <laughs> few minutes that nearly cost us the game. So yeah, I think Harris probably won the battle in the end, even though he kicked three goals. How did you see the tactics Harris used? Like, it was a big talking point on Fox footy. Dermy was certainly red hot on it. 
Um, Harris, I guess the best way to explain it, sort of hooked Lynch's shoulder and kept him from having a run and jump at the ball. How did you see the tactics? Were they fair play or...? I think we're going to have to keep an eye on that free-kick side of things throughout the season. Like, Rodney Ede came out during the week and made a comment to the umpires to keep an eye on it. And um, it was obviously a hot topic, as I said, during the game. So it might be something that we have to be mindful of as fans that might come up again through the season. But, yeah, it was a mighty impressive performance from Harris. Personally, I think he should have won the medal, which eventually went to Dane Beams, who won in his first game as skipper. How did you see Binger? But um, he did say he ran out of steam. Like, I think he had 21 in the first half and sort of went, you know, got a bit sore after that. Mm. But um, yeah. you made the point... That's happened first game back. Yeah, exactly, blowing out the cobwebs. But you made the point that you thought, you know, the inclusion of Beams probably freed up Tom Rockliffe a bit as well through the midfield. He finished with 38-odd and 23 contested possessions. And I thought it was huge in that fourth quarter when the Suns were really coming. the sort of conjecture that followed him around in the off-season with was he going to move, was he going to stay, losing the captaincy, obviously, and is he going to be a free agent at the end of this season? It's going to be a storyline that us Lions fans follow throughout the year. But, um, you know, the early indications for mine was that he was just awesome and, you know, he had a lot of enthusiasm and gusto when he sang the song, so the passion and the fire is still there. So, um, yeah, I thought, look, really impressive signs from Rocky in the first hit-out since everything that went down over the off-season. Yeah, he's, um, yeah, he's got a house there now. Really yeah, he does too, yeah. Been working on that for a while and 
he just loves the club, loves the people, and there was obviously a few issues going on last season, and yep. he might have been on the trade table, but I think we're going to see a great season from him, and yeah, I think we'll see him re-sign at some stage throughout the year. Let's hope so. He does have a bun in the oven as well, so that's another point to he does, he point does. to the argument. But um, <laughs> another exciting point from Saturday night's performance, I thought, was young Eric Hipwood. We're, as fans, really excited by our key position stocks, but Eric's just, you know, gone far and beyond anything that we could have hoped for at this stage. Like, he had the huge kick from outside 50. That was a brilliant goal and a really clutch contested mark late in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, that was brilliant. That helped us bleed a bit of clock. Um, Yeah, how did you see Eric's game? Oh, so good. That mark in the last quarter. Mm. Like, you'd expect that from probably a player that's been around for seven, eight years, but he's only in second season and to do that in such an important moment. Yeah. Game-defining mark to go back and, and take that. So, just so many impressive songs. He was great last season as well in a few uh, trying conditions, but yeah, I think he's going to be an absolute superstar of our club and the competition as well yeah. going forward. And He got a really big rap on footy classified on Monday night as well. Okay, did he? The whole panel there really liked his game and mm. yeah, they expect big things from him, so yeah, I think he's just going to really improve in the next few years. Just puts a bit of muscle on in the gym and is able to match it with those bigger defenders because he's got the height, he's got all the skills, yeah. he's got the kicking, he's probably a bit more meat on the bones. I think the interesting thing for him, his development will be how he sort of balances putting on weight but keeping that speed because that yeah. speed and acceleration is probably his best attribute. Like, he can get over the back oh, yeah. and just sprint away from any defender in the league. So I think... You know, it'll be a fine balance, but yeah, Hipwood, there's a lot to work on there, and the signs are really exciting. Um, another yeah. another point to think about from Saturday night's game was obviously Chris Fagan's first game at the helm, or first premiership game at the helm. How did you see, I guess, the structures and the game style that we implemented? Yeah, we were a lot harder at the ball. I think there was more commitment there from all the players, and yeah, the game held up in those tens last few minutes to be able to hang on to that game when the Suns are really charging had all the momentum but yep. we were just able to do enough to hang on and get the win so yep. all reports out of the club he's just, he's just been a breath of fresh air in there and he's just doing great things and obviously that Hawthorne experience coming in he has so much knowledge been around footy for a long time mm. been in a very successful club and hopefully he can bring a bit of horse, like what Hawthorne did to the club so yeah i I really like him as a person, as most people do. He's a very likeable coach, and yeah, I think that's rubbed off on the players. And I don't think you even have to sort of look too hard to see the similarities with Hawthorne, like the, the focus on forward pressure and getting guys like Mitch Robinson in specified roles to fulfil that role, I guess, that Luke Bruce and Puopolo and Cyril Rioli play for Hawthorne. Um, I suppose my question is, you know, the forward pressure was something that was tremendous in the first two quarters, but obviously it affected us in the latter stages of the game, do you think it's going to be something that will be sustainable or we're going to see a lot of fluctuations in our form? Yeah, it's hard to really know because, like, we've done well at coming out of the blocks and having that really big start and mm. we're such a young side, so is that sort of game plan sustainable? Like, we won't know probably until round six, round seven, yeah. but... I think the more they get used to it, it's a different coach, different game style, I think they will get into it. But, yeah, I, I think 
we're on the right track. Fagan knows what he's doing with the, the game style, game plan. So, yeah, I, I think it's the way to go at this stage. Yeah, no, I couldn't, personally, I couldn't be more impressed with how he's been since he's joined the club. And let's not forget David Noble as well, another big acquisition oh, yeah, in off-season. Um, so now we look ahead to round two. We've got the Bombers at the Gabba. Um, it was going to be Josh Green's return to the Gabba, but he's been ruled out apparently with a hamstring injury. Um, so, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on Essendon at this stage? Obviously coming off a, a pretty impressive performance against Hawthorne. players that were suspended coming back and yeah they're probably going to be pushing for finals so to get themselves off to that start like, there was just so much build up to that game as well all those players returning mm. big crowd so much anticipation so for a line supporters point of view hopefully there's some sort of emotional letdown coming to this week because yeah they would have been so hyped for that game yeah the team the coaching staff the Supporters, so yeah, they do have a lot of quality players, but like, I think we match up pretty well with them. And yeah, at the, the Gabba, which it's confirmed to be <laughs> after a bit of conjecture, but yeah, it'd be good to have our first game at the Gabba for the season with the Bombers. And I think we can really give them a good shake. And like, I can't see a reason why we wouldn't go to and I. Not many people from the outside are. You're going to tip us because no. oh, well, I mean, not many people would have tipped us last week either. So, oh no. Um, and I do personally, I do think that one of the focus Fagan would have had in the off season is making the Gabba a really hard place for opposition teams to come into. So, yeah. I know if that's just me being rather optimistic, but I think it'll be a big focus from the coaching group. And yeah, hopefully the boys really turn it on and give Essendon a shake. But um, yeah, look, I think we'll be pretty competitive. Um, as you said, with the emotional letdown of last week, it might be a factor, it might not. We'll just have to wait and see on that one. But Essendon do bat pretty deep, particularly through the midfield. Like Dyson Heppel had plenty of it and kicked three goals and Zach Merritt had a truckload of it and obviously got Job and Goddard going through there with a bit of experience. So, um, yeah, look, it'll be a really interesting battle. But I guess from our side of things, do you foresee any changes made at the selection table? to come back in Josh Jackie I don't know whether he'll be fit or not but if he is fit surely he comes back in he's mm-hmm. the, the future of the club and yeah, he adds another dimension to that forward line and it's just it's so exciting to see Jack in and he put in that forward line for, for years to come so yeah definitely get himself right hopefully be coming back in and mm-hmm. maybe down the other end of the ground as well with Jack Frost yeah played the game to the line so obviously suspended three during one of the pre-season games, so he was ruled out of round one, but yeah, he definitely wants to potentially come back, and especially with, with such a young side, he's a bit more of a mature age player now, a bit of experience, so yeah, he'd be a pretty handy addition down back. Um, yourself, any other guys maybe on the cusp coming back in? Well, no, I think you hit the nail on the head, but I guess the, the harder question is, who do you leave out? Like, I thought it was a really yeah. well-balanced team performance on Saturday night. Like, you'd be, have, you'd be really critical to point out one or two players that were poor. I think everyone had their oh, yeah. moments and looked good. So I guess it's a, more of a question of who would miss out. And purely on a like-for-like basis, I think McStay would probably be the unlucky man. Not that he was poor, but, you know, Frost probably has that experience over him at the moment. And... It's probably more accountable in defence. Mixed day probably has lapses in concentration where he's sort of 
you know, loses his man for a second, but that's all it takes. Um, yeah, yeah, at the sure. o- at the other end of the ground, Shaki, I don't know who could make way. Like close didn't register a mark, which was a bit surprising. But you got to remember, he did have Steve May, who's a pretty quality <sighs> defender on him. But um, yeah, look, I wouldn't tweak the side too much personally. But yeah, I would think about Frost to deal with Danaher up forward. But um, another point about Essendon is. They've got a really quick forward line. Like I mentioned before, Josh Green's going to miss out, but Fantasia kicked three or four last weekend. They've got McDonald, Tip and Woody. And um, who's another one of their forwards they've got up there? Anyway, it's a, it's a pretty fast yeah, forward, pretty line. forward line. Yeah, so that might be something that we look at, especially considering Adam Saad sort of tore us apart um, yeah. and was a pretty big spark in the Gold Coast comeback. And I think it was his pace that sort of helped lift them back into the game. So, look, it might be something Fagan is conscious of at the selection table. But, um, yeah, yeah, we'll wait and see on that one. Going back to a point you made before, it's a really good point just about making <clears throat> the Gabba just a, a really fit place to come again. Yeah. Like, that's just so important during our premiership years. Yeah. No team wanted to come to Gabba. Like, it's almost impossible for opposition teams to come up there and win, so... Ah, the Gabatoire. Yeah, make that a really... Yeah, make it a really difficult place to play again. It starts this way. It's really important. Like, we have the best possible performance out there and just so much effort just to make it... Just to, like, really see place again. Speaking of the Gabba, this is a bit of a contentious uh, topic in light of last week's um, events, but that's where the AFLW Grand Final should have been. We all know... How and why? How and why that didn't come to play? But um, yeah, obviously the girls went down to the crows by six points. It was a heartbreaking result. But I mean, Adelaide deserved to win. They were far and away the better team on the day. Um, yeah, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, Adelaide were the better team on the day, and they probably should have won by more at the end. They yeah, for sure. The, the first couple of quarters and into the third quarter as well, and had some scoring shots. Should have put girls away pretty early but yeah, to our credit we just hung in there and there was still a chance going into the last few seconds we had the mm. ball inside our forward 50 maybe a hole in the ball decision yeah. but yeah it was an enthralling contest like 15,000 at the game and lots watching on TV so it was just great to see the girls doing well and I think that's rubbed off on the whole club really just the support and the enthusiasm um the girls is just been really great to see and nobody really would have picked the line the girls to be up there before the start of the season. I no, we were written off, weren't we? Like we're a team. Like mm. all the hype was about Freo and Dogs and Melbourne and they didn't even make the grand final in the end. But yeah, it was just so good to see the, the coaching staff, led by Craig Stasevich, really get the girls going. Um, Brent Staker and Daniel Merritt were helping out as well, so... Yeah, um, really great to see the young side. Because it, it is such a young side. You compare the Lions girls to the Crows girls. Mm. Like, we're going to have such a great side for years to come. Erin like Phillips, absolute star for the Crows. She was amazing. She was 32. Oh, absolutely incredible. She's like, probably one of the best multi-sport athletes Australia's ever produced. Mm. Yeah, to go to the Olympics and play basketball at the highest level, the WNBA, and then come back to a sport she hasn't played for... Nearly 20 years and mm. just absolutely dominate. Like, she was a difference in the end. Chelsea Randall, good at the other end for yeah. those as well, but Phillips just 
almost. So, yeah, Paris is going to have a very successful career to come. Yeah, I think the thing about Taylor is she's she's got to learn to use her assets, which is to run and jump at the ball. I think at the moment she's sort of wanting the girls to sort of plonk it on her head and she'll just hope for the best. And like with Brownie in the old days, you sort of just threw the ball up there. But I think with Taylor, she needs to get a good run and jump at the ball. And um, yeah, but as, as you said, she's only 19 and she's going to grow and become a tremendous player for our football club. And I think moving forward, you know, we need the girls to stay together, the interstate lines and the indications are that they will stick around and, you know, Queensland footy is pretty strong for women, so that's something we can look forward to in the years to come with the talent coming through and I think in the coming years we should give the Premiership a shake. Um, it was a sad way to end this, the season. Obviously we're un- undefeated up until that point, but Adelaide were tremendous and, as you said, Aaron Phillips, in the game that we played the Crows in Adelaide, Phillips actually played on Harris. But in the grand final, they used it offensively, like through the midfield and resting forward, and she was a difference. Like, she was tremendous. Yeah. But, um, you know, in spite of everything that went against us, we didn't have our best game. Um, we couldn't get over the back from defence, like, and use the speed of Caitlin Ashmore and Kate McCarthy, like we have been known to do. But um, in spite of those things going against us, we hung in there. Like, we only lost by a goal and had a chance to draw it at the end had things played out a bit differently and it's probably not um, unfair to say that had it gone to extra time, we would have won. Like, we had all the momentum in that fourth quarter going our way. But um, woulda, shoulda, coulda, like, we can dwell on it all, out, all we want, but we have to praise it for it is. And it was a successful season for the Lions girls and, you know, really exciting as, as fans as well to watch and witness that. And as you said, I think it's going to have a really great um, influence on the whole club moving forward for this season for the men as well. Yeah, definitely. It was um, just a really big season from the girls and to get to where they were, like, yes, it was disappointing, final premiers and didn't lose a game up until the grand final and then lost. There's so many positives to take out of it. And, yeah, yeah it's only going to benefit the whole club going forward. And the men's teams really embraced the girls as well. They went to their first training session late last year and it's really a whole club atmosphere and it's just, I think, a much better place to be than it has been recent years and the girls have been a big part of that. It certainly seems like it and as a, as a fan, it's really heartening to see that as well. Um, I guess I think we're just about done for the first pod, mate. I guess before we, we sign off, can you give us a tip for the weekend? Lines by how many? I reckon we'll run away with it in the end. It'll be the opposite from last week. We'll have a really good last quarter like... Uh, the old days and eight goals in the last quarter win by Ooh. 28 points eight goals in the last quarter Jesus yeah <laughs> that's confidence I've seen many a big last quarter from the line so yeah especially at the Gabba too yeah never forget the miracle on grass against Geelong oh, special special game like that one um, yeah look I, I think we'll hang on for a 10 point win but um, yeah fingers crossed we can stay undefeated after another big win. Another big win, that's right, mate. Well, thanks for joining me today, and um, yeah, we'll catch up again next week. Yeah, thanks, Keith. Same, mate.